0: Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is sponsored by Locker Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time by downloading the Locker Room app for free in the iOS app store. You're Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, March 31st. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter, at JackBushman2, or you can also always check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, that's at Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. Go leave me a review if you want to. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? As always, thank you for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Last night, wow, <laughs> probably got an additional couple of, of gray hairs growing on top of my head, but somehow, some way. The Blackhawks managed to escape with a narrow two-to-one victory over the Carolina Hurricanes, who, coming into the series, had been red hot as of late. In their last 14 games, only one regulation loss, in addition to a 23-7-3 record through the first 33 games of the 2021 regular season. So, one of the best teams in the entire NHL. Um, And even though you know the Hawks, they were outplayed for most of the night, especially in that first period. Man, what a horrible! horrible start to the game for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I believe they surrendered probably 9 or 10 shots on goal in those first, you know, six, seven, eight minutes. It wasn't pretty. But when they needed him to come up with a big save, Kevin Lankinen was there all night long to shut the door on the Hurricanes. Another tremendous showing in net by the Hawks' rookie netminder. He finished with 31 saves on the night on 32 shots faced. The only one that beat him came of a <clears throat> via a wacky redirect that I believe was deflected twice on its way to the back of the net. And besides that, Lankenon was perfect. <laughs> and the funny part about it is at first it didn't look like it was going to be one of those solid nights for Lanky. His rebound control early in that first period was not on par. A, a couple of shots, you know, bounced right off his equipment and back out to the high danger areas, but fortunately Lanky's defense uh, gave him some pretty adequate help for the most part last night, and uh, Lankin was able to kind of turn it around quickly and steer this Blackhawks team to a much, much-needed two points at home following that weekend sweep against the Nashville, Pre- Nashville Predators, moving their record now to 17-15-5 through 37 games in the regular season. And speaking of the defense, one guy in particular... I, I want to start this episode by giving credit to is Connor Murphy. Another tremendous game here for number five for the Hawks. Finished with, it was a stat stuffer again for Murphy. Finished with six hits, five blocks, and 26 minutes of time on ice. All three of those were a Blackhawks team high last night. And he played with Nikita Zdorov once again on the top defensive pairing. And Zadorov, on the other hand, did not have one of his better nights. He had a couple of... Really bad turnovers in the neutral zone and in the defensive zone. Uh, He had a a bad sequence to take a penalty there in the second period, just an unnecessary trip. And then he nearly took a delay of game penalty. A few minutes later, he got bailed out by the, the literal top of the glass before the puck went out of play. It just skimmed the top of the glass. And then in the dwindling seconds of the game, trying to hold on to the lead, Big Z takes a really bad icing by firing the puck at the empty net from his own zone and uh, that wound up missing the cage by like 10 feet. It wasn't good. Not 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 a good night for Big Z. Um, he also did you know, I will give him credit he had 6 hits to tie Murphy for the team lead and uh, I know that's his bread and butter. He's actually top 10 in the NHL in that department on the year but my thought process behind this all is at what cost? You know what I mean? Like great, the guy hits but what else does he really do well, you know? I, I I just I can't help but notice his lack of speed, really, on that penalty he took yesterday. Oof. Like, he had, like, 10 feet in front of... I don't know who was chasing him down, who he took the penalty on, but he had a ton of room to go and win that foot race and got out-hustled to the puck. He loses the battle, and he winds up taking a, a bad tripping penalty. So, it's just... I can't help but notice that aspect of his game. Zadorov also has penalties in four of his last five games now, so for Big Z, just got to pick it up here down the final stretch of the season, especially if he wants to continue to play top-pairing minutes with Connor Murphy, who is very, very deserving of that top-pairing role he's been playing as of late. In my opinion, he's been the Hawks' best defender, not only for this season, but for the past two or three when he's been fully healthy. Also, on the back end last night, I wanted to be sure to mention that Wyatt Kalanuck got into the lineup. Didn't think that was going to happen in uh, such a meaningful game for the Blackhawks after those losses to Nashville this weekend. Uh, I talked in yesterday's episode how I thought Ian Mitchell would draw back into the lineup after being recalled from Rockford so soon. But instead, Kalanuck gets in there, and for the second time in as many NHL games for him, he was just kind of meh. He didn't really, you know, do all that much to make himself noticeable. He finished with 12 and a half minutes of time on ice with no shots on goal, one hit, and two blocks. I'll give him credit for the blocks, uh, but <clears throat> he also had the puck redirect off his leg and into the back of the net for the Canes' lone goal in this game. I know that's um, kind of a toughie there for Kalanuck. Not much he can do differently, but still. Wasn't the best game out of the youngster last night. So probably expect Ian Mitchell or Nicholas Bodan to draw back in for the second game of this series versus Carolina on Thursday night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there are some of my first thoughts on the Blackhawks' 2-1 win over the Carolina Hurricanes last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will give a full recap of the contest and talk about how the Hawks managed to escape with two points at the United Center. But first... I need to talk quickly about Locker Room, the live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and free to use. With Locker Room, you can start or join ongoing conversations. You can watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and trades. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS app store. Go create a profile and link your Twitter to join a group, and you'll be able to share your spiciest takes with the rest of the world. So be sure to check out Locker Room for free to be a part of the best audio-only social media platform for sports fans. I also need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market that the Lockdown Podcast Network has been telling you about for some time now. Bilt Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, and high-fiber protein bar that is made out of 100% real chocolate. And right now is the time to find out which Built Bar flavor is the best because it is Built Bar Madness. A full on bracket with each and every flavor to find out which one is the best. So be sure to check it out by going to BuiltBar.com or you can check out Built Bar on Twitter at Built underscore bar. And don't forget about our exclusive promo code, which is locked15. One word LOCKED with a capital L and then the number 15 to get 15% off your next order. One more time, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will be crowned the best tasting protein bar. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by subscribing to Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I just finished up discussing some of my initial thoughts from last night's game against Carolina. Moving on now, per usual following a game, I want to be sure to go through the contest, give a little bit of a recap, and go over how the Hawks managed to escape with the win. Early on, as I talked about earlier, not a pretty start out of the gate. Did not look like the Blackhawks were thinking this game started at 6.30. Uh, They were getting peppered right from the opening faceoff, and really... That was the story for most of the first period. It was definitely a disappointing effort following, uh, as I've mentioned a couple times now, that tough series against Nashville over the weekend. And you know that that recent losing skid they've been going through is is something that's been weighing on this team. Coming into Tuesday, they have lost seven of the last ten games, six of the last eight. So knowing all of that, they had to feel that this was a big one last night in order to Try and kind of get things back on track, and to me that's why the start was so frustrating and disappointing because there was so much on the line i didn't I didn't want to call it a must win in yesterday's episode, but man, I think we all know it, it would have been tough to drop another another one on home ice in a row um so for the blackhawks that that to me was was the toughest part about that start, and going back to the first period. In total, the Hawks were outshot 13-5, to and out of those five shots on goal that they had, maybe one, two if they're lucky, was a high-quality look. Like, they were getting dominated by Carolina in all facets of the game, but Lankinen came up with all 13 of those shots. He didn't allow any of them to find the back of the net, and that gave this Blackhawks team some life, even though... It was not the prettiest of starts. And then, right out of the gate in the second period, I don't know what Jeremy Cowlton was saying to this team during that intermission, but whatever it was, it certainly worked. Because just a few minutes into the, just really right from the get-go there in the second period for the first couple of minutes, the game did a complete 360 and all of a sudden the Blackhawks were in complete control of the momentum. And they took advantage just 29 seconds into the second. Dylan Strom found the puck on his stick on a two-on-one, and he blew a shot past the glove side of Kane's goaltender, Alex Nedeljkovic, to make it one to nothing. Blackhawks, a lead I, I didn't think they were going to have in this game. Uh, a nice little gift there for Strom in his first game back in the lineup after becoming a dad on Sunday, got that new dad strength. It was just a, an awesome moment there, not only for Strom to find the back of the net, but to see Yanmark go and retrieve the puck out of the back of the cage. A nice little memento there for Stromer. And his sixth goal of the season put the Hawks ahead 1 0 early in the second period. And on that goal, Kirby Dock made a nice little play to chip the puck up through the neutral zone and create that two-on-one for Strom. Dock was credited with the primary assist there, giving him his first point in this 2021 regular season and just his third game back from wrist surgery. Also, have to give credit to Murphy for getting the secondary assist there as well. The guy just played so well all night long. Can't, Can't leave that out. Can't do him dirty like that. Murphy and Dock with the assist on Strom's goal. And then, less than four minutes later, with the Hawks on the power play, which the man advantage had not been good at all in the last three or four games, even longer than that, they really haven't been able to set anything up, and even in their first opportunity of the game on the power play, didn't, didn't get any sustained pressure or anything created at all, but on their second go, Patrick Kane made... An incredible play to strip Hurricanes defenseman Brett Pesci of the puck in his own zone. And then Kaner turned around and made a perfect feed to find Alex back door for the tap-in. That gave Dabrinkit his 19th goal of the season, which now puts him in a tie for fourth in the NHL with Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. The beat goes on for the cat, red hot here as of late. He has seven points now in his last seven games, and he would be on pace for a 47-goal campaign if we were playing 82 games here in 2021. And also, with the assist, Kane was able to extend his point streak to five games now. Kane has seven points during that streak, one goal, and six assists. But last night was kind of a weird one for Kaner. He finished without a single shot attempt. Doesn't happen very often for 88. Not only failed to get a shot on goal, but didn't even have a shot directed on Cage. But in a night where, you know, the Hawks, they only mustered up a whopping 16 shots total as a team, can't say I'm too surprised to see anyone have a, a, a bit of an off game offensively. So, 2-0 Hawks there in the second period, um, but slow, slowly but surely after that goal by it the momentum did begin to swing back over to the Hurricanes a little bit, and at that point, it almost felt inevitable that they were going to get at least one past Kevin Lankinen, And with under five minutes to go in the frame, Andre Svechnikov was the man to break up the shutout bid. A-, a bit of a weird and just kind of an unfortunate play for the Hawks. Brady Shea, from a bad angle, just threw the puck on the net and it deflected first off Svechnikov's pant leg and then off Wyatt Kalinuk's leg and into the back of the net. And those weird pinball-like bounces have been killing the Hawks lately. It's like their third or fourth one of those in the last few games. They all count the same, though, unfortunately, and after 40 minutes, Carolina was right back in this thing, trailing by a score to 2-1. The absolute absolute most impressive part of the game for me, though, uh, for the Blackhawks, was the third period. In my opinion, did a fabulous job of protecting their lead. Everyone kind of including myself, had a feeling that after uh, that second intermission, the Hurricanes were going to come out surging. They were going to have the strong push and really dominate the pace in the final 20 minutes, but that didn't happen at all. They only finished with seven shots on goal in the third and really didn't have too much sustained pressure in the Hawks' zone. So credit really to the Chicago Blackhawks' defense for Shutting things down, even though they allowed, you know, 25 shots on goal through the opening 40 minutes, they held it together and they played their best hockey when it mattered the most. And that was a really big key to coming away with two points last night to try and get this ship turned around as we are about to head into the month of April. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there is my recap of the Blackhawks' 2-1 win over the Carolina Hurricanes last night. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to wrap up the episode by talking about some thoughts on the shape of the Hawks' lineup in the next couple of games. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are pushing towards the postseason. And for college basketball, it's the best time of the year. March Madness is upon us, and we're getting down to the final four. And for those interested in other things aside from sports, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code that's locked on, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks Podcast. As always, I'm your host Jack Bushman. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis to keep you ahead of the competition. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I just finished up giving a recap of the Blackhawks' 2-1 win over Carolina last night. Now, before I finish up the show this morning, I wanted to talk about a couple of changes that I personally would like to see in the Hawks' lineup over the next couple of games. The first being that Dominic Kubalik needs some damn help. I'm sorry, but this supposed second line of he, David Kampf, and Brandon Hagel really just does not do Kubelik any favors. Uh, Hagel... He's been good this season for a rookie, don't get me wrong, but he has definitely cooled off as of late, and just as a first-year player in the NHL and the kind of skill set that he has, I mean, the guy, he's just not ready to be playing with top six forwards who need some proper complementary pieces around them. And also, David Kampf, I mean, come on. I know in reality that this this line is probably the Hawks' third on paper with now Doc back skating with uh, Matthias Janmark and Dylan Strom. That's probably more of the second line for the Hawks than the third, but Camp isn't even really a third line either. He's a fourth line center that doesn't provide any offense and is out there for the penalty kill and to be a grinder. So for him to be Dominic Kubelik's center for this long now, I I, I just don't get it, like Carl Soderberg makes so much more sense than Kampf does here. Free Kubi, Jeremy Calton, because right now, with him on the second line with Hegel and Kampf, we're wasting away a guy who scored 30 goals as a rookie last season. So much untapped offense right now with Dominic Kubalik serving in a less-than-suitable role. Another change I would like to see, get Philip Khrushchev off the fourth line. That also doesn't feel like a role... He would have a lot of success in just grinding it out down there, playing like 10 minutes a game. And we really haven't seen Kuroshev do anything in a while now. I think, in my opinion, the lines for the Blackhawks should be starting up top, DeBrinket, Suter, and Kane. While the second line is Dominic Kubalik, Kirby Doc, and Dylan Strome. And if Suter isn't working well that particular night with Cat and Kaner on the top line, then go switch him and Doc. I think that for sure should be our top six right now. And then on the third line, go with Yanmark, Soderbergh, and Khrushchev. I think that would be a more reasonable third line. We have Yanmark with speed. Soderberg is a reliable two-way center. And then Khrushchev, he has offensive potential, and he can kind of just fill in and find his game there with a, a few more minutes in a better role. And then the fourth line, in my opinion, should be Ryan Carpenter, David Kampf, and Brandon Hagel. I think Hagel would work a lot better in a fourth-line role than Khrushchev does right now. And Camp and Karpi, we know they have chemistry. They've shown it in the past. That fourth line in the postseason for the Blackhawks last year was fantastic. So for the forwards, definitely would like to see a change in the next couple of games in order to kind of free up guys like Dominic Kubelik and Philip Khrushchev. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, March 31st's episode of Locked On, Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, go ask your smart device to play the Locked NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is getting down the final stretch, and the best way to keep track of all the news is by subscribing to Locked NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories game recaps and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at Bushman 2 or you can check out my Strictly Blackhawks account that's at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show,